here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Wait a minute. I thought it was a caravan, not an invasion, Mr. Producer. And I thought they were 900 miles away. They wouldn't be here till well into December. And I thought the president was doing this as a campaign shtick. Or a racist shtick. They're climbing our walls right now. Thousands are in Tijuana. The people in Tijuana have had enough already. The mayor of Tijuana has had enough. I don't think Latinos can be racist against Latinos, can they, Mr. Producer? Well, this is the situation. So I am waiting now for Jim Acosta. This was his lead question, ladies and gentlemen. I'm waiting for Jim Acosta to apologize to the American people, but that'll never happen because he's nuts. You know, they talk about the president being mentally ill. I think Jim Acosta is mentally ill. They talk about the president being a racist. Well, I think Acosta must be a bigot. They call the president Hitler. Well, what about Acosta? What about all the people on the left, in the media, in the Democrat Party, and all the rest? Well, you want to talk about the rules for the media? You know what the media is thinking about and talking about right now? I shouldn't say the media. I should say CNN. I should say CNN, although much of the media follow suit with their stupid amicus briefs. I want you to hear this fat slob who goes by the name of Carl Bernstein. Now, Carl Bernstein was of the uh, the lounge act, Woodward and Bernstein. You may have seen them sort of tap dancing across the uh, liberal stage. Uh, but Carl Bernstein really is a stupid man, and he kind of was hanging on uh, Woodward's coattails in order to get that Watergate gig. And it's not like Woodward had to do a hell of a lot of work. It was the deputy FBI director that was feeding him the vast majority of the information on the criminal investigation. Anybody could be a reporter under those circumstances. Uh, But that's another issue. I want you to hear Carl Bernstein on CNN yesterday suggesting that the media should censor the president. And... The media should determine what's news and edit what the president says by taping his press conferences and not running them live. Cut six, go. We need to start thinking of a different way to cover his press conferences and briefings. For instance, I don't think we should be taking them live all the time and just pasting them up on the air because they're basically propagandist exercises because they are overwhelmed by his dishonesty and lying. So how could we cover them differently? Maybe we should be there, edit, decide as reporters what is news, and after the press conference or briefing is over, then go with that story with clips. This is a big deal, what he's saying. I know you're cringing in anger, but it is a big deal. It gives you insight into how fools like this think. He's a reporter so-called, right? What is better news than a live event? A presidential press conference. But he's saying, no, 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 no. 
because the president is a propagandist and a liar, we in the media have to take the actual news of what he's saying and edit it and decide what is our view of the news with our liberal values, what our priorities are. You heard him say it effectively, didn't he? That's how they normally cover the news. So here we have one part of CNN going into federal court demanding that their guy needs a hard pass or it's a violation of freedom of the press. Then we have this other part of CNN that is saying, no, he should get a pass. We, after all, are self-proclaimed reporters and we have a right to be wherever we want, whenever we want. However, we will also determine what is actual news. And because we despise this president... Because we oppose this president, because the vast majority of us are Democrats and liberals or pretend independents. He's a liar. Did any one of these fools ever call Barack Obama a liar when he was lying through his teeth on health care and we all knew it? When he was lying through his teeth on immigration and we all knew it? In fact, the congressman stood up and accused him of it at one of his State of the Union addresses. In fact... One of the major tenets of being a progressive, a statist, is you must lie about things. Free health care, free college, tax the rich. That'll take care of everything. It's a major tenet of progressivism and statism. They lie all the time about things that are impossible. Things that are impossible. And they lie all the time about people who are in their way. Well, that guy's a racist, that's for sure. That guy's deplorable. That guy's stupid. Go ahead. Treating the briefing or press conference as a campaign event, which they really are and which we did in the campaign as well. We gave them all this free airtime on cable news especially. We need to start treating it like a news event. And look, in cable we have websites. We can put up the total press conference on our website so that everybody has the chance to see it or the briefing. And we ought to, and it's a matter of record. And we can be the place of record so everybody can see every word if they want it. But we need to start editing. But not on cable, you see, folks. We have to edit. We have to censor. We have to rejigger. We have to change the whole thing. Now... What if the President of the United States took that position? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have one camera in the press room. My camera. And we will record my press conference. And when it's over, we will edit it. And we will put the information out that we want to put out that we think is news. No, 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 that's a First Amendment violation, freedom of the press. Did he not just say that's what he wants to do? But we're not the government, ladies and gentlemen. TV press conferences began under Dwight Eisenhower. That's exactly what he did. They recorded the press conference. They edited it. And they put out the clips that they thought were newsworthy. Because here's the point that I keep making. The purpose of a presidential news conference is not to entertain the media. 
The purpose of a presidential news conference is not to inform the media. The purpose of a presidential press conference is to inform the American people. What Bernstein is proposing will not inform the American people. It would be edited. Things would be censored. Just because he has determined as a liberal Democrat that the President of the United States is campaigning doesn't mean that his view should win the day for the entirety of the nation. Notice he doesn't say those things when Democrats are president. He had a hate on for Nixon. He had a hate on for for Reagan. He had a hate on for both Bushes. He has a hate on for Trump. But he loved Obama. As did most of the media, and they still do. And Obama lied all the time. And so now they're talking about censoring the president, the free press. About censoring the president. This is why we as a nation, we as a people, this is our country. It's not Mr. Bernstein's to run. It's nobody's to run. It's ours. This is why we need to take a close look at what the media in this country are doing. Not for government interference. We are the true constitutionalists. We don't tinker with the Constitution. They do. We need to take a close look at the media in this country. What it is that they're doing. Because it is my position that they throw around freedom of the press and they attract attack trump with it not because they really fear about freedom of the press are you kidding me we got more knuckleheads in the media than we've ever had before saying the dumbest things in the world nobody stops them they've abandoned any so-called professional standards they omit information they bring in the biggest goofballs in congress they can possibly think of Professors you never heard of that call somebody racist or mentally ill. They bring in John Dean to talk about ethics, for God's sakes. Not like there's a problem with the media access to the American people in this country. We've never seen anything like this before. The problem is with the people that populate the media. Their ideology, their motivation, and their purpose. Whether the president's running for president or not is none of Mr. Bernstein's business. It's a presidential press conference. Nobody needs to show up if they don't want to. They're in court demanding that they be allowed to show up. But look what they're demanding. That they not only be allowed to show up, but they be allowed to censor and edit what takes place in that room. And they shouldn't cover, you see, the news conference from beginning to end. Pretty appalling. That's Bernstein. It gets worse. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, Brian Stelter went to Towson State. He, uh... He was operating pretty much as a, as a one-off in the basement... You know, sitting in his uh, his underwear, trying to grow a beard, but he's incapable of that, eating Cheetos and doing that sort of thing. And he got noticed by the New York Slimes. He was hired by the New York Slimes. 
And then uh, he could get more money at CNN than he went to CNN. But he's always been what he's always will be, truly a nobody. But there he is at CNN. This is supposed to be a reporter, okay? Cut five, go. So, Carl, you know, I, I sound like I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do in these situations where he's not just saying something that's untrue. Because it's one thing to say something that's untrue, and then we can tell the truth. He's rambling on in a nonsensical unhinged way and i'm not sure we should broadcast it on television anymore so that was the lead-in question to bernstein but i wanted you to get the bernstein substance first so listen to this little nobody this little tyrant who's being fascistic now who's being fascistic now so Trump is rambling in a nonsensical unhinged way and we shouldn't broadcast it i don't think anymore all these little Napoleons. That's not freedom of the press, ladies and gentlemen. These are propaganda mills. Mr. Stelter, you're a propagandist. Bernstein's a propagandist, too. And the truth is, you're left-wing ideologues. You've managed to get reporting jobs. Bernstein's managed to get rich being an ideologue and a propagandist. They would never investigate a Democrat the way they investigated Nixon. They never did. And the treatment of Trump is way overboard. Way, way overboard. He's not unhinged. He's not nonsensical. You may not like the way he speaks or how he speaks. But if you want to see unhinged and nonsensical, look in the mirror. Look at what you people do day in and day out. Look at what you people say day in and day out. What kind of a network hires Sharpton to be a host, even on the weekend? Or for that matter, Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter was handed information related to FISA by me, by looking at published reports. And he's such a dug-in ideologue. And he's so nonsensical and unhinged. He said, I needed to prove that the media were correct. And I had said, I'm not reporting this. I'm pulling together what the media had said. But because it indicated that the prior administration was violating federal law, was abusing the FBI and the intelligence agencies like no other administration in modern American history, Mr. Stelter went in a defensive posture. He put a pot over his head and uh, walked around the house in his basement, ignoring it all, and then attacking me. So, Mr. Stelter, Mr. Bernstein both paid by CNN, rather than supporting freedom of the press, want to use fascistic tactics to shut down the president in the name of freedom of the press. That's exactly what they're doing. They have no idea what freedom of the press means. They can't even define the press. They can't define freedom. They don't know the history of the freedom of the press. They don't know what took place during the colonial periods, the pre-revolutionary period, the revolutionary period, the post-revolutionary period. They don't put context into anything. It's just like these idiot network reports I have to listen to on this program. 
where all they do is mouth the Democrat talking points about their latest pathetic lawsuit involving Matthew Whitaker. Suddenly, they've heard of the appointments clause. When I talked about it months ago, they ignored it. When I talked about it months ago in the context of Mueller, it was dismissed. When the Democrats bring a lawsuit and bring up the appointments clause in the context of Matthew Whitaker, all of a sudden it's national news. You get it? They are ideologically driven and they cannot restrain themselves in quote-unquote reporting the quote-unquote news. You know what the big news is today? The country's going broke. Broker than broke. And that it's going to have consequences. And no amount of laws being passed, and no amount of tax increases, and no amount of redistribution of wealth can fix it. And what the hell is the Democrat Congress going to do about it in the House? Nothing. Well, that's not true. Make it worse. And Mitch McConnell, who gets this laudatory write-up in the Weekly Standard, W-E-A-K-L-Y, in the Weekly Standard, has done more to explode the federal debt than any majority leader in the history of this country. But they praise him for getting judges through. No! Let's praise Harry Reid for getting judges through. It was that idiot who started pushing the ball to get rid of the filibuster when it comes to the judiciary. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. You won't want to miss our third hour. Rush Limbaugh was incredibly gracious today, and I want to talk about that. And some of the things he said and some of the things I want to say about him. Uh, And... uh, and then later in the hour, uh, Sean Hannity as well. But I'd asked Rush, Rush to uh, induct me into the National Radio Hall of Fame. He immediately agreed he was going to fly up here on his own dime and fly back, and the weather was a disaster. And then, to my surprise, and it shouldn't be a surprise because he's always a class act, always a decent gentleman and class act, 
despite what you hear in the media. Um, he took time out of his show today, and really it was just absolutely, uh, well, very gracious of him. So I'll, I'll talk about that. And Sean took time out of his schedule to do a video and so forth. It's a little inside radio, you know, but I think people find it fascinating. I know when I used to listen to radio as a kid, I had my Radio Shack transistor radio on my bedstand when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of it. And I would be listening to hosts on what was then WCAU radio, now WPHT. I would listen to uh, Joles Spivak. Bernie Herman. I would listen later WWDB to uh, to great hosts on that station as well. So Dominic Quinn was really terrific, and uh, there were others. <coughs> Excuse me. And I also would adjust the the antenna to listen to New York City radio, WOR and WABC. In particular, wherever Bob Grant went, I tried to listen to Bob Grant. And I, I've had many blessings in my life, and one of the blessings is to have gotten to know Bob Grant, even as I got into this business. And the late, great Tom Marr, who used to fill in here from time to time, he was a host in New York, a host in Philly, and wound up in Baltimore, and uh, was a dear, dear friend, and many others. And I would start calling into radio shows, but in particular, a radio show called The Rascals that was on from like midnight to five in the morning. And I would call into that show on WCAU, and the host was Bill Corsair, and I got to see him last week and his beautiful wife. And um, it was just an enormous amount of fun. And the other thing is, as I do talk radio now, I don't just show up. Ask Mr. Bill. I don't just show up behind a microphone. I'm doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sending him emails. We provide a whole list of links of emails I send to him, and then he'll send them to me, and then I'll go through them. I mean, there's work involved here. Three in the morning if I'm awake, if I'm working on my book and I come across something, and I am working on my book at three in the morning, and that's when I have to work on it. I'll send it to Mr. Producer. Hopefully he doesn't get a ding. Hopefully he silences his phone. Or I'll have things posted throughout the day. It's constant. Why? Because I love it. That's why. And I love radio. I love radio. I love listening to it. Although I listen to it less and less because I'm so busy. And I absolutely love doing it. And if there wasn't a radio station or network that would that would be interested in me, I'd be podcasting the next day. And the millions and millions of you, I would hope, would be with me. Maybe I'll do that one day. But you never know. And Westwood One has been wonderful. I must say, uh, they have uh, really never, ever interfered with this broadcast. Never interfered with a single thing I've ever said. And they were very excited about the uh, Hall of Fame award, really. And there's an outstanding president of Westwood One, Susan Grimes, and she has a great staff over there. So I have no complaints from me. 
And uh, there were other inductees, wonderful people. Mike Francesa, what a great guy. All of you in New York, you know exactly who I'm talking about. John Bredemeyer of Chicago, terrific guy. Who else was there, Mr. Producer? I can't remember everybody. Well, Mr. Producer wasn't there. He couldn't get there. But there were many, many greats. Don't, don't get me wrong, just because my memory is focused elsewhere right now. Anyway, I'll deal with that in the third hour, if I may. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to read to you Sarah Sanders a list of requirements now, rules, that reporters must follow if they intend to receive and retain a hard pass. And I want you to listen to this. This is for grown adults who call themselves reporters. Number one, a journalist called upon to ask a question will ask a single question and then will yield the floor to other journalists. I hope Judge Kelly's uh, following a, the bouncing ball here because this is nothing more than a restatement of the process that used to be in place and understood to be in place. But now it has to be put in writing, you see, because Judge Kelly feels it needs to be put in writing. There needs to be due process, you know. Due process has nothing to do with this. But anyway, let's go on. Number two. At the discretion of the president or other White House official taking questions, a follow-up question or questions may be permitted. And where a follow-up has been allowed and asked, the questioner will then yield the floor. They have to put this in writing. Number three. Yielding the floor includes, when applicable, physically surrendering the microphone to White House staff for use by the next questioner. You would think this is like a Monty Python skit, but it's not. Number four, failure to abide by any of the rules, one through three, may result in suspension or revocation of the journalist's hard pass. You happy, Judge? How stupid is his TRO and everything else that will likely follow? Sanders says, we've created these rules with a degree of regret. For years, members of the White House press corps have attended countless press events with the president and other officials without engaging in the behavior Mr. Acosta displayed at the December 2018, excuse me, November 7, 2018 press conference. We would have greatly preferred to continue hosting White House press conferences in reliance on a set of understood professional norms. And we believe the overwhelming majority of journalists covering the White House share that preference. But given the position taken by CNN... And it's slip and fall lawyers. That's right. We now feel obligated to replace previously shared practices with explicit rules. We are mindful that a more elaborate and comprehensive set of rules might need to be devised, including, for example, for journalist conduct in the open non-press room areas inside and outside the White House and for Air Force One. These clowns at CNN, this clown Acosta, and quite frankly, these lawyers who would be clown themselves, Do they realize what they've done, that they've opened Pandora's box? You want rules, now you're going to get rules, all kinds of rules. Whereas before you could operate sort of in the the ambiguous areas and so forth, now you're going to get rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you'll be alerted to the fact you're not following the rules, and then you'll be kicked out. Does that make you happy? No. So all the media out there with all the amicus briefs, claiming this is a First Amendment issue, now you're getting your due process. How stupid are you people? Very. At this time, however, we decided not to frame such rules in the hope 
that professional journalistic norms will suffice to regulate conduct in those places. If unprofessional behavior occurs in those settings, or if a court should decide that explicit rules are required to regulate conduct there, we will be forced to reconsider this decision, and it goes on. Now, here's the thing, folks. There are people, clearly in the media, some in talk radio, who constantly are trashing the president, saying he overreaches, he only shoots himself in the foot, he does this, and and most of the people who say this do not like this president. They're typically progressive statists, or never-Trumpers, or former never-Trumpers, or would-be never-Trumpers, or just generally don't like the president. Well, if you feel that the president's making mistake after mistake after mistake, You don't like the president. You never liked the president. You didn't vote for the president. Why do you care? Well, I care about the country. No, you don't. This is all really about politics. It's not about the country. How much news anymore is about the country? May I ask you? How much news is about the country? What's the debt today? Does anybody know? No, because they don't report it. What actually occurred in that courthouse that I talked about last week? Do you know? No, you don't, because you don't have the transcript. What's actually happening with this caravan? I mean, parade. I mean, the invaders. Do you know? No, because many of the media outlets are doing everything they can that Bernstein talks about. Well, you know, don't cover it live. We, the liberal ideologues who run the media, you'll you'll run it through us. We'll edit the stuff. And by the way, did we tell you the president's Hitler, a racist? And a liar? Oh, yeah, yeah. But don't worry, we'll take care of the news side. So if the president is bad, as all these people say, why do they care? Why do they care? I want to tell you about Express... VPN. Every time you go online or use public Wi-Fi, you're putting your personal information in danger. Unless you take precautions. A hacker can grab your passwords or credit card information in seconds. These hacks happen millions of times a day, and the victims have their personal information exposed or identity stolen. So how can you protect yourself? Well, the software I use is called ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes it super easy for anyone to stay secure online. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and encrypts all your data online. This means nobody, nobody can see what you do on the Internet, not even government spy agencies like the NSA. The ExpressVPN app takes 90 seconds to set up on your computer or phone. You click a button and poof, you're protected. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers and spies, visit expressvpn.com slash mark. Holy smokes. Here we go. Expressvpn.com slash mark to get this special offer. Three months free with a one-year package. I strongly encourage you to do it, especially around the holidays. That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Don't risk your online data any longer. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark today. What a service that is. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
What do Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, Chris Cuomo, Allison Camerata, Don Lemon, Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, Chris Matthews, and Rachel Maddow all have in common other than being left-wing kooks. Not one of them has gone south of the border to determine the makeup of the parade. Not one of them has even gone to Tijuana. And yet all of them claim that when Trump talks about this, despite Trump being the president, getting intelligence from Homeland Security, getting intelligence from ICE and the Border Patrol, getting intelligence from our military, getting intelligence from the Mexican government that what's going on down there is not very pleasant and that there may be hundreds of criminals and gang members and so forth. Every one of these people claim to be a reporter or to be reporting or to be analyzing the news. They're nowhere near the action. Nowhere near the action. Brian Stelter's not there. Carl Bernstein's not there. Yet they question the president they attack the president, and they call him a racist. Who else hasn't been there and isn't there? Jim Acosta. Uh, I want to challenge you, Mr. President. On the, excuse me, are you a reporter? Ask your, no, no, I want to challenge you, uh, sir. And in more ways than none, he's saying, isn't it true that you're a racist and a bigot? That pretty much was what he was asking. Hey, freedom of the press, let's all circle the wagons. Guy's a maniac. And yet that's exactly what's going on south of the border. In Tijuana, the officials there and the people there do not want these people in their community. Now, I know they're not white supremacists. I know they weren't raised in white privilege because they're not white. They're Latinos. And how is it? That Trump gets 30 to 33 percent of Latino vote and you wouldn't know it. Because Tapper and Blitzer and uh, what are the other reindeer called? Anyway, uh, Chris Cuomo, Scarborough, Rosinski and the rest of them don't go and talk to that 30 or 33 percent. Why is that? Yet they claim to know who they are and what they are. You know, around the country, millions of Americans are turning up the furnace for the first time and then spending a week freezing at night. Why? Because they neglected to change out their air filters and their system failed. This costly mistake is completely avoidable by regularly replacing the air filters at FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options, that ship for free within 24 hours. And for those of you who like to kick the can down the road, Filter Buy will give you 5% off your order when you subscribe for auto replacement, and you will never forget to change the filthy filters out again for the brand new fresh ones. Now, this is so much easier than going to the hardware store or having to special order filters. Plus, they work great, and they're made in America. Filter Buy will save you time, money, and help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy.com. Filterbuy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. Now is exactly the time to order. Filterbuy, B-U-I, filterbuy.com. Now clean out those uh, filthy filters and put in uh, new filters. Tomorrow's a big day, you know. 
Tomorrow is a big day in Ridgewood, New Jersey. WABC land. Throughout New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. The tri-states. And why is everywhere as tri-states? Because there's three states. You know, when I was growing up in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, it was Pennsylvania, let's see, Delaware, and New Jersey. The tri-states. In New York, I think it's Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. Look at that, the tri-states. Anyway, those of you, and also Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, listen up. And the rest of you, by the way. Big, big event in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is a beautiful, beautiful town, by the way. At 4 p.m. tomorrow, that would be Eastern Time, 4 p.m. tomorrow, at a wonderful independent bookstore where I sign books all the time. Bookends, as it's called. Bookends at Ridgewood, New Jersey, tomorrow at 4 p.m., my lovely wife, Julie Levin. She will not only be doing a special children's story time reading Our Police, my late father's beautiful book, and it is a beautiful book, but she will sign and personalize every book. It's the perfect time. It's for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, or any occasion, or no occasion. This will be the last time this will be done. So join my beautiful wife, Julie, for a special children's story time reading of Our Police at Bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Just Google it. One word, Bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey, tomorrow, 4 p.m. And she will personalize and sign the Our Police book. And bring your little ones with you if you can. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. All of you who are not driving, if you're at a computer, a laptop, an iPad, you have a handheld device, I want you to look up right now, let's do it all together, my name on Wikipedia. My name on Wikipedia. Wikipedia self-identifies as the free encyclopedia. Most of you don't even have an encyclopedia anymore, a hard encyclopedia. 
We used to have encyclopedias, the Britannica, dictionaries, but everyone goes online now. So what's online is very important, don't you think, Mr. Producer? So look up Mark Levin on Wikipedia. You will find at the very bottom they have 97 footnotes. 97 footnotes. Because they know in the vast majority of cases, nobody's going to actually look at those footnotes, but it looks very impressive. Wikipedia is part of the media. It's where people go, even though they say they don't go there. And they obviously have a person assigned to me. It's got to be the longest, or one of the longest, Wikipedia write-ups of anybody. And uh, I want to give you an example. Go to the very last entry, James Khashoggi, or that is Jamal Khashoggi. He's the the reporter who was brutally murdered by the Saudis in the in their consul in Turkey. Let me read it to you. After prominent Saudi journalist and dissident. Jamal Khashoggi was killed and potentially murdered by Saudi operatives. Levin claimed that Khashoggi was a longtime friend of terrorists. Levin also stated without evidence that Trump was the victim of an insane media conspiracy when Trump was criticized for not forcefully condemning Saudi Arabia for Khashoggi's killing. Now go to footnote 97. I'm taking this because it's the newest entry. Quote, conservatives mount a whisper campaign smearing Khashoggi in defense of Trump's, in defense of Trump, unquote. Washington Post retrieved 10-24-2018. Now, what's the problem with that? I never said a word of this. Not one word. Not one word. And when that article was written, making the allegation against me, I wasn't on any media platform. I hadn't written anything on social media. I hadn't been on radio, Levin TV, Fox. I was sitting next to my father in hospice. I never said a word of this. I called out the Washington Post when I returned. Did I not, Mr. Producer? They never retracted it, they never corrected it, they never apologized, and now Wikipedia cites it as fact. I'll give you another example. And there's many here, I'm just looking at it. Evolutionary biology. On April 29, 2018, Levin dedicated his weekly Fox News program to the thesis that Evolutionary biology isn't a science, claiming that this notion of Darwinism, atheism, really progressivism, they really don't work with constitutionalism. Now, let's stop there. I didn't dedicate my show on Fox to evolutionary biology. I had a brilliant intellectual on my program where we discussed many, many subjects. And this subject, which he brought up and I discussed with him, he made the case And he's not some right-winger or anything of the sort. He's a real thinker. And he made the case that Darwinism is a fraud. That maybe there's evolution of some kind, maybe there's not. 
but they can't really prove it because you can't go from apes to Neanderthals to this, that, and there. And he was actually using science to explain it. Darwinism, for anybody who actually reads, is a crucially important aspect of the intellectual progressives from 100 years ago. They cite him all the time. Not because of evolution of animals, because they use Darwin, survival of the fittest, which is sort of a fortune cookie statement, but still, in explaining society and humanity. That's the danger of applying Darwinism to the behavioral sciences, social sciences, and political science. Because Darwinism can be used to do horrific things in the name of government. That was the discussion. Now let me read what he says. Whoever posted this. Levin dedicated his weekly Fox News program to the thesis that evolutionary biology isn't a science claiming that this notion of Darwinism, atheism, really progressivism, they really don't work with constitutionalism, adding that Darwinism leads to forms of tyranny, which it does and has. Levin also attacked the validity of other sciences, including political science, behavioral science, and social sciences. These sciences, quote-unquote, are not the hard physical sciences, ladies and gentlemen. They are these, these, these human sciences created again by the left, for the most part, to try and figure out how to organize people. Bemoaning that they are applied by the progressives, by the communists, and had their birth out of, among others, Darwinism. Now, I'm not asserting that. The philosophers that undergird progressivism asserted that. And point to Darwinism. The following day on his radio show, Levin further clarified his position by remarking that DNA is a science, evolution is not a science. Evolution is not a science, ladies and gentlemen. It's a theory. Now, we can debate this. But don't cherry pick what I said to make it look maniacal. And that's what these people at Wikipedia are doing. That's what these people at Wikipedia are doing. I give you, you want to see another example? Wiretap claim. I'm just looking right up the list trying to take the shorter ones. In March 2017, Levin alleged that the Obama administration had used quote-unquote police state surveillance tactics against the Donald Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election. The Associated Press said that Levin, quote, voiced without evidence the idea that Obama had wiretapped Trump Tower. I never said Obama wiretapped Trump Tower, but let's go on. Levin protested the AP report vigorously, demanding a retraction and apology on the grounds that his sources for the statement included the New York Times and other newspapers. His statement was reprinted by Breitbart News and reportedly became the basis of President Trump's unfounded Trump Tower wiretapping allegations. In 2017, September, reports emerged of a court-ordered Federal Bureau of Investigation wiretap on Trump campaign Paul Manafort. While certain Trump supporters allege that this surveillance vindicated Levin, listen to this, this is an encyclopedia, uh, and Trump's unsupported allegations, David A. Graham of The Atlantic noted, this is not true. Trump claimed he had been subject 
of Obama-ordered politically motivated surveillance, for which there remains no evidence. Ladies and gentlemen, how can I be wrong when I was reading specifically from media reports and saying over and over again, these are from media reports, and drawing conclusions that are in media reports, based on media reports. But Levin's not vindicated, you see. It's a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory. I said that it appeared that there had been FISA warrants, two, based on media reports. And based on media reports, there were four, actually, when you consider the extensions. The date of the first one I had wrong because the media outlet had it wrong. But I'm looking at these leaks. And having worked at the Justice Department, I'm saying, I don't know how many times, there are leaks coming out of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Who the hell else would know about FISA warrants? And there were leaks coming out of the Department of Justice and the FBI. I got an enormous amount of this right on. And the media hated me for it. And I'm citing the media. This kind of... uh, of, of outrageous postings on this Wikipedia site. They're really unbelievable. For example, on my books, we might have one or two people who say something negative about the books, but we might have 15 or 20 who say something wonderful about the books. So they'll have some guy who says something terrible, and then maybe one or two who says something nice. Well, then don't put any. Just say what my books are. But they don't. They give the impression that there's like a 50-50 view of the book reviews. There's not a 50-50 view of the book reviews. The overwhelming number of book reviews have been positive in every single one of my books with a handful, not even a handful, a couple that have been negative. But they all find a place on Wikipedia, all of them. So every single negative thing that has been said about me by my detractors, by leftists, by morons, winds up on Wikipedia. The fact that I use this program to discuss American history, capitalism, philosophy like Montesquieu or Locke or whomever, the fact that we discuss liberty, negative liberty, positive liberty, The fact that we discuss court cases. The fact that we go deep into so many issues, you'll never see that on Wikipedia. You'll never see it on Wikipedia. It's incredible. The free online encyclopedia, the free encyclopedia Wikipedia. And because I call them out, they will not allow you to go in and fix it. They will not allow you to go and fix it. They say this section has been nominated to be checked for its neutrality. Discussions of this nomination could be found on the talk page. This is their excuse for allowing this to continue. So what we're going to do in the weeks and months ahead is we're going to pick 
one individual on the left that's on Wikipedia, and I'm going to encourage you to go into Wikipedia and distort everything. And then we'll pick another person on the left. We'll go into Wikipedia and we'll distort that too. Because this has to be exposed as another internet left-wing site that operates in the shadows, makes radically political decisions, and is not an encyclopedia, the free encyclopedia. It is the left-wing encyclopedia. And you should discourage your children from using Wikipedia as a factual resource. It's not an encyclopedia. It's not like the old Britannicus. It's a joke. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm almost done, but let me go through a few more of these as I continue to read it in my eyes. Just... Levin has been described as conservative, right-wing, and pro-Trump. Levin is known for criticizing Democrats and encouraging primary challenges to a number of incumbent congressional Republicans. That's true. But then I want you to get to the radio broadcasting, right? Let's get to this part. It's, It's actually quite short. The first paragraph has one or two sentences, then the next one. Former Republican House Speaker John Boehner. Let's stop right there. I've had a radio career over 15 years. What does former House Speaker John Boehner have to do with defining my radio career? Former Republican House Speaker John Boehner said in October 2017, this is what they have under broadcasting, that Levin was responsible for influencing other conservative media voices like Hannity and Rush Limbaugh towards the far right, saying, quote, the right wing guy, Levin, he went really crazy right and got a big audience. And he dragged Hannity to the dark side. He dragged Rush to the dark side, unquote. So you see how you put these things together? That, my books, I'm a conspiracy theorist on the deep conspiracy state conspiracies on the wiretapping and Jamal Khashoggi. This is a character assassination. Character assassination. On June 24, 2018, he was inducted to the National Radio Hall of Fame. No, I wasn't. I was inducted last week. I was nominated, but that doesn't matter. So let me ask you folks something. The board or the committee of the National Radio Hall of Fame gets together. And they're looking at all these possible nominees. They look all over the country. Well over a thousand radio stations. Thousands of hosts. Many of whom are very good. And I'm selected in this format because, according to John Boehner, I'm dragging the other guys over to the right. Is that it? No, that's not why I was nominated. And that's not why you voted for me. And yet, if you don't know anything and you go on Wikipedia, this is what you know about me. And there are 97 footnotes. I'm doing this as a public service, ladies and gentlemen. 
Seriously, stay away from Wikipedia. Stay away from Wikipedia. If you're going to use it, use it very sparingly as sort of a jumping off point. Because it's very left wing. It's very dishonest. I wonder if Carl Bernstein edits this thing. You think he does, Mr. Producer? Because, of course, everything has to go through the left-wing freedom of the press types in order to be uh, considered news. So this is not a serious encyclopedia. I could go through the other pieces, too. It's just too monotonous. But according to them, I said, basically, Khashoggi hung around with terrorists and got what he deserved. I never said a word about that. Oh, and he's a kook on evolution, too. The discussion was far more substantive and serious than that. Oh, and he has conspiracy theories on the wiretap. It was the New York Times headline that brought up the wiretap. I was reading what they said, but still they got it wrong. And of course... His radio career consists of John Boehner basically saying he dragged Rush and Sean to the ugly side, the dark. You understand. All right, we're going to move on. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark LEVIN doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Another police officer murdered, this time in Chicago, in a hospital. We don't have all the facts yet. Another police officer murdered. You know, on Saturday, when my wife and I were at Books, uh, was it Barnes & Noble at the Tyson's Mall, and I was speaking to the folks who had gathered there for about an hour, maybe a little longer, I don't remember. One young lady, very respectfully, said, you know, you talk about our police. You talk about, you know, respecting them and their various duties and the dangers they face. But what about people who have a different perception and a different experience? Fair question. And as I say, very respectful. Jim Acosta could have learned from her. I said, if there's a rogue cop or a rogue person in any profession or any walk of life, 
Rogue has a meaning. That is, they're conducting themselves outside the norm. They're the exception. They're not the rule. And they should be dealt with. Rogue so-called reporters, like Acosta. Rogue athletes. Rogue lawyers. Rogue doctors. Whatever. And I said, thank God we live in a country where that is addressed. We do not live in a police state where it's not addressed. But my problem, I explained, is this politically motivated left-wing attack on law enforcement as an institution with claims of systemic abuse, with claims of systemic racism. It doesn't exist. Are there racists yet? Is there systemic racism? No. Is there systemic police abuse? No. And I'm sick and tired of hearing it. There are places outside of this country where that exists. And they are hell holes. But not in this country. Not in this country. Not under our Constitution. Systemic, ladies and gentlemen, means it's the rule. Systemic would mean that rogue law enforcement is the rule, not the exception. Like rogue anything else would be the rule, not the exception. That is a bald-faced lie. Or that this country has systemic racism. That is a bald-faced lie. Bald-faced lie. And so now we have another police officer who's lost his life in Chicago. It's very, very troubling to me. Very, very troubling to me. How, how this sort of thing is, is more and more accepted. I don't mean accepted, the murder accepted, but more and more, okay, what's for dinner? Next issue. I always think when these police officers, when they stop a car in the middle of the night and they don't know who's in the car, they don't know how many people are in the car, they don't know if they're armed, they don't know a thing. They're going up to that car. They're putting their lives on the line just by stopping that car. If somebody pulls out a gun from under their leg or next to them, or a seat, and the police officer, even hanging a little bit back on the window, he doesn't necessarily draw his weapon or her weapon, they're easily killed or easily maimed. Because that police officer has to make a decision. They have to anticipate. But the perpetrator or would-be killer, you don't have to do any of that. Just does it. Just does it. This was the stuff that drove my father batty and infuriated him. And me too. You know, I had a great man on my uh, program on Fox on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. I hope you enjoyed it. It was 10 p.m. Eastern, as usual, on the Fox News Channel. And... um, I want you to hear some of what he had to say. We'll keep it short. 
And that was Victor Davis Hanson. You've seen his name. You've seen him on TV from time to time. He is, he's one of the standouts in our current society. Transformation of America. Is it picking up speed? Cut 13, go. So you've already, you're saying what you've already seen, and I agree with it, the fundamental transformation of America gradually. Is it picking up speed now? I think it is. I don't want to be pessimistic in the sense that I really admire you and I admire people at Fox News. I admire people, some in the Republican Party, really brave voices that there are in academia that are saying, you know, I'm going to speak out regardless of the consequences. But the Romans and the Greeks believe that luxus, that's a more authors use, luxury, affluence, leads to non-seriousness, I don't want to use the word decadence, but we are such an affluent leisure society. So somebody from the inner city can have an iPhone with more computing power than six IBM mainframes. A guy across the street can come from Mexico and he can be in a Kia, and that can be a better ride than a Mercedes 30 years ago. And I think that's great, but what we don't get with it is some collective gratitude or some sense of accomplishment. Instead, we get that Kia is not as good as today's uh, Lexus, and therefore the equality result didn't work for me. And that I don't, I don't like the lack of gratitude or the trashing of the system or our ancestors that gave us all the system. And maybe it's the universities have created an arrogant and ignorant cadre of youth, but uh, something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's quite right. Cut 14, go. We had this election. People say it's a great win. Democrats say it's a blue wave. What do you see in this election? Well, I'd see it in a historical context, and that's not... I'm trying to be an optimist. Barack Obama lost 63 seats, six senators, and was re-elected. Bill Clinton, I think, lost 52, eight senators, re-elected. So zealots and partisans relax in a midterm, and people who were defeated get re-energized. That's common. But there were, I think there were a couple of disturbing things, and that is... The aftermath of the election just seems that every time there's a recount in Arizona and Florida or even Georgia or especially where I am in California, four seats that were won and then lost. And uh, it's kind of the opposite of what Napoleon said at Austerlitz. You know, he said at 11 o'clock I've lost here, but three o'clock I won it. Well, I thought on election day we'd won more. We'd only lost 26 or so. Do we ever win seats that we were losing Five days later. I can't think of many. No, I think maybe 20 years ago when older yeah. people were the absentee ballots, but yeah. now it's the SCIU, the mobilized people, and that Democrats are much better at it than Republicans, and that we thought we could learn. The other thing in these very close races where we lost some good people, we've got this missing four to five. The so-called deplorable, the Trump-based parole voters, whatever, they were there. But now there's going to be a great discussion. Where do you pick up the missing 5% that would have won you some of these good Senate seats? Is it to appeal to the African-American community and say, I think Trump might want to consider that. Go into the inner city and say, you know what, I may have said things, you may have said things we didn't get along, but I want you to have leverage over your employer. I want you to have a choice of jobs. I gave you an opportunity and an economy, and I think you're going to take advantage of it. And I think that's what I'm worried. I want you to be powerful. And I think he could say the Latino community, when we close that border and make it legal and meritocratic, guess what? Your 
communities can have AP in the classes. They don't have to have bilingual education. Your kids are not going to be bullied by gang members from Central America. And you're going to be in such demand that your wages are going to climb as they went 3% this year. And then we have that other missing. I don't know. Maybe you know better than I do. And that's the proverbial. I don't know who they are, but they, the, the cable liberals keep talking about the suburban women that are turned off. And we've lost them. Maybe so. Uh, I don't know what when he said Stormy Daniels was horse face. Maybe that turns him off. I don't know. But there's three to four percent and that you don't need it all in one place. You can get one percent here, too. He's very close, but he's going to need a little bit of boost if they have a credible candidate in 2020. You know, as I listen to him, <clears throat> I think about this. Suburban women. Um, recent immigrants, liberal Jews, pro-abortion Catholics, more religious Muslims, billionaires like Steyer and Bloomberg, among others, and poorer communities, all vote Democrat. Not every single person in those communities, obviously, but the rule seems to be that they vote Democrat. And this is the Democrat Party. It cobbles together these various groups with group identities. It panders to them. And it tries to exploit the uh, issues that are considered negative in these in these various communities. That is, it tries to exploit um, uh, dissatisfaction, if you will, and that not only is the nature now of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is radicalizing as it balkanizes. It has to become more and more radical and balkanize more and more. Now why? Not so much to keep their coalition together, but to focus their opposition. To focus their opposition. So the opposition is focused on the culture, the opposition is focused on the Constitution, the opposition is focused on quote-unquote white privilege. You know, it's very interesting to me, it wasn't that long ago when about 80% of the population was considered white. Even if 80% of the population is not white because you have people from different parts of the world, you know, everybody's not from Sweden, everybody's not an albino, but the way the government defines these things, you had about 80% of the population that's white. Now it's about 60%. And as that white population shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, mostly due to immigration and intermarriage, but mostly due to immigration, you hear more and more about white privilege. Because a political party and government policies are fueling, are fueling this. 
And it is a diabolical tactic, and it is a very, very dangerous tactic. Simply Safe is a fantastic security system. It's great protection for your home and family. And right now, Simply Safe is giving my listeners a great deal on home security. Order now, and you'll get 25% off any Simply Safe system. Now, I love Simply Safe because they treat people right. They want more people to be safe in their homes, so the pricing is fair and honest. Around the clock professional monitoring is just fourteen ninety nine a month. Simply Safe has no contracts ever and no hidden fees. They really care about the people who buy their systems. That's so rare today. I'm not the only one who likes them either. CNET, PC Magazine, Wirecutter all say Simply Safe is the best security system there is. Protect your home today with Simply Safe and get a great deal on home security. Go to simplysafemark.com and save 65% of your Simply Safe system and make sure to use that URL so they know I sent you. Very important. simplysafemark.com. And the, this deal, by the way, ends November 26th, so very soon. And you don't want to miss it. That's simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, uh, with it getting colder, and it's really getting colder out there, the struggle to get out of bed is real. Casper makes it tempting to stay cozy under the covers. It's the most comfortable mattress that I've had. It's a high-quality mattress at an affordable price. You can sleep comfortably, never wake up overheated, thanks to the unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how-did-they-do-that size box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its engineering to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Now's the perfect time to give Casper and try it yourself or to gift Casper to someone who you care about. Looking for that Black Friday or Cyber Monday deal? Head to Casper.com to save 10% on your entire order with the Casper mattress. That's Casper.com, offer code MARK. Casper.com, offer code MARK. Terms and conditions apply. Gee, Wellickers, I've been talking for two hours, Mr. Producer. I've been talking for two hours. When we come back, I think you're going to have a fun time in the last hour, too. We're going to talk about, uh, as I said... A little bit of the history with Rush and me, a little bit of the history with Sean and me, a little bit of history, my history. It's not, it's not that deep or broad in radio. And then we're going to take your calls because I just realized I haven't taken a single call here. Uh, now, I want to do one other thing. It's, it's, it's kind of out of order. There's really no perfect way to do this. I'm very concerned about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and more and more. Sonia Sotomayor and the political statements they make and the political interviews they give and they're very selective about who they'll talk to and with all this freedom of press issue out there I don't think it's right that they won't talk to me so I've asked Mr. Producer to contact Justice uh, Ginsburg's office I know she's working from home but they'll let you know 
and contact Justice Sotomayor's office and ask them if they'll agree to a 10-minute interview, okay? And here she is on the Axe Files podcast with David Axelrod. Now, David Axelrod's not a news person. He was Obama's campaign guru. He's a left-wing Democrat. So if she's going to interview with him, there's no reason she can't interview with me. She's a public official, every bit as much as the president's a public official. She serves for life. If she's willing to talk to a, a political handler and a political analyst like David Axelrod, she be, should be willing to talk to me. I'm not a political hand, handler. I'm not a political analyst. And uh, I think I'll lead off with this at the top of the next hour before I get into these other issues. But she does this interview with him, and she says something that's quite remarkable, as if she's a politician on the Supreme Court representing an identity group or an ethnic group. That's not the job of a Supreme Court justice. So I want you to hear this again. This would be from uh, David Axelrod, Axe Files podcast. Very clever. Uh, And uh, I believe it was linked to or at least promoted by CNN, of course. And I can assure you if a constitutionalist justice had done this sort of thing, uh, they'd be accusing him of gang rape, you know, all the usual stuff. No due process, presumption of guilt. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. It's going to be a big hour. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. First of all. Please don't forget, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey, 4 p.m. tomorrow, uh, a special children's story time reading of Our Police by my wife, Julie, and also a book signing. She will sign and personalize the books, but uh, my uh, father would call her his daughter. So I would, uh, I would encourage you to go. The book is great. The reading's a lot of fun. Uh, in fact, most of the people who came last Saturday, they didn't bring their kids. They didn't bring their grandkids. They just wanted a book, which was very, very nice. So I think it's a very, very good thing to do right before the holidays. So I want to do this with Sotomayor, and then we'll move to the other topic I've been discussing. Sotomayor does an interview with David Axelrod on his podcast. Now, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast, but it can't be anywhere near the number of people who listen to this radio show on my podcast. And by the way, something very exciting is going to happen with my podcast very, very soon. And when it does happen, I will announce it. And I would encourage the affiliates. I love all of our affiliates, and I don't say it enough, and I want to thank it. But I would encourage those that run the show, Tape Delayed, you encourage people to go over to the podcast and... This is one of the things I think that AM radio in particular uh, needs to give some uh, some thought to, but that for another day. Sonia Sotomayor, cut 12, and by the way, David Axelrod, the left-wing hack, is the one Obamaite asking the questions. Cut 12, go. 
You were very, it was a very pointed and very passionate uh, dissent. And I know how carefully you choose your words. And I'm sure every single word in that dissent was one that you gave a lot of thought to. Why was that particular case so meaningful to you? I think that when we have people who believe and do believe that they've been discriminated against in their treatment, that someone should speak their views and speak it with real feeling and explain it as carefully as I could as being what is at the foundation of this country, that we don't discriminate, that we hold precious the commands of our Bill of Rights. She was talking about uh, the travel ban and her dissent. The president wasn't discriminating against people. I don't even know why I have to explain this to an associate justice of the Supreme, other than the fact that she's a leftist. The president wasn't discriminating against a people. He was making decisions about people coming into this country based on what kind of governments and societies exist And if the countries they're coming from are incapable of providing our country with the kind of information we need to vet individuals, and at the same time, terrorist organizations like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the the Muslim Brotherhood, and others, which I think she'll admit and agree are terrorist organizations, but many more, were making abundantly clear that they intended to infiltrate these groups when they come into our country that the President of the United States has a responsibility to notice that and to protect the American people. Sotomayor can get on her high horse and talk about discrimination because she's responsible for absolutely nothing. Nothing. The President's responsible for protecting the country. Sotomayor does not and is not. She doesn't know the intelligence. She doesn't know any of the issues. That is why in the past many courts stay away from these issues and do not try to play executive like the courts do today. A federal district court doesn't have anything close that the information a president has when it comes to issues like this. Nothing. And so the framers of the Constitution did not empower judges to supplant the decisions of a president. Nobody's constitutional rights were violated because none of these people are American citizens. They're not even residents in America. They are foreigners. They are aliens. They are resident in other countries. Our Constitution is not projected overseas to cover aliens. It doesn't work that way. And yet there are people who actually believe it should, not because they love our Constitution, but because they believe it will cripple this president. And so she was in the dissent because she was dead wrong. She was dead wrong as a matter of precedent, what the left says is so precious to them, dead wrong as a matter of constitutional law, and dead wrong as a matter of policy. But she's an ideologue, she's an advocate, and I'd love her to come on my show so we could have this discussion. An honest, 
civil, legitimate discussion. If you're going to talk to David Axelrod, then talk to me. Then talk to me. And the reason the president's ban was upheld, number one, it was temporary. Number two, it was rationally based. And we've discussed this to the point where I'm blue in the face discussing it. But let me just add it again. If the president truly was discriminating against Muslims, then he didn't cover the right countries. The six countries that were named are not the countries where the vast majority of Muslims live in this world. There are eight or nine countries where there are actually more Muslims. They were not part of the temporary ban. And there wasn't a ban at all of the temporary, I should call it, restraint on endless immigration. So if Sotomayor wants to be Chuck Schumer, and if Sotomayor wants to talk to David Axelrod, she should make herself available to talk to me. And I'm quite serious about this. I'm sick and tired of politicians on the court. And they're cherry-picking. But I'd be more than happy to have a, a, a rational discussion with her and it would be a little bit more substantive than what David Axelrod's going to ask. A setup leading question. All right. I'm going to start this, then I'm going to have to take a break. But for those of you who care, and this will be the last time I talk about it, Rush went on a show today, and I have to say, he was, I mean, really uh, gracious. I've known Rush for several decades now. I didn't grow up with the Limbaugh family. I'm from a completely different part of the country. But our principles, our belief system is really identical. And I began to listen to Rush. And I was really intrigued. Because as a young kid, I listened to a lot of radio hosts. A lot of great radio hosts. Many of whom I named earlier. There's something about him that was different. And I really do, really do admire the other ones that I spoke about. But Rush was really presenting a kind of a more comprehensive view of conservatism. And he was doing it in a very, very entertaining way. And I particularly like the fact that he would mock and humiliate the people on the left who are used to mocking and trying to humiliate us. And even though their temperament may be somewhat different and their approach somewhat different, I think this is why Rush, early on, was so attracted to Trump. But anyway, I used to call myself a professional radio listener because that's what I was. Nobody listened to talk radio more than I. When I was studying for exams, I had it on in the background. Whenever I was in the car, I had it on in the car. When I would go to sleep, I'd have it on my radio. I started calling in the shows. First, the Rascal program I told you about on WCAU, now WPHT. Bill Corsair, one of the great hosts, truly was, truly is. And others. I really enjoyed uh, Bob Grant. And locally in Philadelphia, Dominic Quinn. Many young people have no idea who I'm talking about. These were the people who helped create what you're listening to today. 
but there is something about Rush. And uh, one of his wonderful assistants, Cookie, now and then I would start sending her my thoughts on legal issues and constitutional issues. Rush didn't solicit it. He didn't really need it. But I would do it anyway, and I enjoyed doing it. And um, Cookie would, uh, Kathleen, who's a wonderful lady, would take them to him, and from time to time he'd mention that this young guy had sent him something and he'd read it, or maybe he'd read one of my columns in the Washington Times or something. And then uh, one day, out of the blue, he announces that he's going to name me the director of his legal division. Now, this is Rush. It's funny. There is no legal division, but I'm the director of nothing. But that was okay. But that was an acknowledgement to me. That was an acknowledgement to me. And that's the other thing. He's very generous. He's a very giving man. In 2000, I had heart problems. And I got stents, and then they blocked. It's called restenosis. Then they drilled them out. I got more stents, and they blocked again. They drilled them out. And then they blocked again, and I had a heart attack. And I had, uh, you know, bypass surgery. I was 42. And there was a little bit of a complication. One of the grafts, that is one of the uh, arteries, collapsed. Now, I've been to several doctors. I have a tremendous uh, cardiologist, Ann Safko, who I love. But this is on the surgery side. And uh, I really didn't know what to do, And ultimately. And uh, I decided I'm going to go to the Cleveland Clinic. They're the best. But I didn't know if my insurance would cover it. And I really wouldn't know till later, but I needed to go. And in passing, I didn't bring up the insurance or anything. To rush. I just said, I got to go to the Cleveland Clinic. And he said, well, how are you paying for it? I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I have to go. He said, I'm paying for it. I said, no, no, you're not paying. And I'm flying you there. And I said, no, no, you don't have to. He said, no, I insist on it. Flee. Call me F. Lee Levin or flee. I insist on it. Well, I went there. It turns out the insurance covered the vast majority of it. And I paid the rest. He was furious that I paid anything. I think it was 1500 bucks. It's things like that. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't pat himself on the back. You know, people say, whoa, he's really full of himself. Folks, he's not in any way full of himself. He's a very quiet man in person. He's very cerebral, too. Just a very kind person. And he talked today a little bit about... Many years ago, my coming to his home, he invited us to his house. Very gracious. And um, he, he went to the office and he was doing a show and I was watching him. It's okay. And I was watching him. I was really studying him. Now, I had listened to radio very intensely as a kid, as I say. But I was watching all he was doing, his weaving in and out, and he could see I was watching it. And we passed some notes back and forth, and he finished, and he said, all right, Flea, let's go get a late lunch or dinner. So I said, 
okay, but I want to talk about it. We sat down and we talked some time about what he was doing and how he was doing it. And it had an enormous influence on me. And when we come back, I will play, not the entire thing, just a few minutes of what Rush said today. And I'd ask him if he would induct me into the Radio Hall of Fame. And without blinking an eye, he said, absolutely. And he was very, very upset, given the weather, and he couldn't get there. He told me, he he sent word he was embarrassed. No reason at all. I barely made the event, and I'm one of the inductees. In fact, it took us almost five hours to get from northern New Jersey to New York, which is about, what, 18 miles or something like that, Rich? 17 miles? It's not far, and we were two hours in, and I said to my wife, my mother-in-law, let's turn around. I want to leave. And they insisted, no, we're going. You're one of the inductees. I said, let's turn around. No, you're going. So that's how bad the weather was, and everybody up in New York and New Jersey, and frankly, from Washington, D.C. up, we all knew the weather was bad. It got really bad that night, much worse than anyone anticipated. Certainly DeCamio, he didn't know which side was up, the mayor. All right, we'll be right back. in. get to the rush clip which is i don't have enough time this segment anyway if the bottom of the air and i promise i'm only going to do this once because i've only been inducted once i wanted to mention sean hannity too you know uh sean hannity would often have me as a guest and sometimes i play santa claus to little kids and that sort of thing or sometimes i'm in the middle of work he would call me this is when he was on wabc only and then later syndicated but Sean would tell you the same thing about Rush, and he has said the same thing about Rush. He is our Babe Ruth. There's no question about it. He takes more slings and arrows than anybody else. And now Hannity does because he's the big dog on Fox, and he takes an enormous amount of abuse too. They want to take these guys out. Honestly, I benefit from this because as big as this program is, it's on 6 p.m. at night on the East Coast, it can't be as big as Russian Sean. And that's okay by me, because they're the trailblazers. And the three of us, I don't think you're ever going to see anything like this again. I'm not putting anyone down. I'm just not. It's not like we sit down and we plan our radio careers together. We never do, ever. Each one of us is independent. We do our own things, even though we're friends. We don't compare content. We don't share content. We don't talk about this station, that state. It just doesn't happen. But uh, Sean was very, very important, too. Sean, uh, you know, he'd have me guest host when he, uh, during Christmas vacation and so forth. And I said, you know, I can do the substance. I don't understand all this radio stuff, how to get in, when to use my name. and So, so he sat me down. And we actually put together five by 48 five by 7 cards that said something like, Hi, this is Mark Levin. Welcome back. Just little stupid stuff like that. So when I needed to come back or go, I didn't have to give it any thought. And then it becomes simple. But even more than that, as much as I liked radio, I really wasn't planning on doing it for a career. And Sean pressed me to do it. He absolutely pressed me to do it, or I wouldn't have done it. 
So you can blame Rush and Sean and one other gentleman by the name of Phil Boyce. And Sean is as nice as they get. Sean will give you the shirt off his back, too. I'm very, very fortunate to have these men as my dear, dear friends and mentors. I really am. And to have all these other people on radio who I listened to all those years. It's their fault. I'll be right back. Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. You know, there's other very good hosts out there. I'll tell you one. I mentioned it a couple months ago. Savage. And we never got along. That's too bad. But I think he's a compelling radio host. I really do. And they're younger kids coming up. But they're going to have to prove themselves over time. And the PR and the marketing at some point will give way to the ratings and whether they're commercially viable. But look, I'm not going to do this forever. I'm not going to do it into my 80s. I'm just not. And one of the the only downside of this is my time slot, 6 to 9 at night. You miss a lot of dinners with family. So that's the one thing I've regretted all these years. But I don't regret much because I absolutely love this. And you can tell the difference between those who slog through it and those who absolutely love it. Or those who rush through it or those who are just kind of superficial about it. You know, there are those of us who live this, breathe it. Rush started in radio and did some TV. Sean started in radio and does TV, and he's great at both. I started in radio, and now do a little bit of TV. But the ra- radio is at the hub of it all. If you can do radio, you're better able to do TV. But if you do TV, you're not necessarily able to do radio at all. Radio is the purest form of communication, of mass communication. And those of us who do it three hours a day, and those of you who listen to it three hours a day, you get to know us and we get to know you. But when you do TV, the way TV's done today, you really don't get to know the person. It's not as intimate. The one reason I decided to do the Fox show the way I do it, one hour with one or two guests, here's the truth, and I probably shouldn't tell anybody this. It's more like radio. I don't mean taking calls from radio. I mean more like an interview on radio. And I'm tired of these zillion guests and the zillion this and the zillion that. I want to sit down with somebody who's, who's interesting and talk to them. Now, that's been done before. Many of us grew up around that. With liberal hosts and conservative hosts, with Bill Buckley and, and then others who were not so conservative, most of whom were not conservative. And I felt that was missing. And so that's why I decided to do it on Fox. And now you'll know, see that PBS picked up on it. Others are trying to pick up on it. But it won't work the same way it works with me because I am I and I choose the guests that I choose. It's just different. 
Now, Mr. Producer and I have something that we both wholeheartedly agree on. And no, it's not something political. It's how much we both love our different versions of the X chair. Talk about how different your heights, body types are, and yet how well the X chair conforms. You talk about that. And it's true. And you physically, you feel the difference, less pain, more energy, better focus, more productivity. You know, the holidays are just around the corner, and an X chair makes the perfect gift for a working spouse or employee. And don't be afraid to reward yourself with your own X chair, because you've earned it. You've earned it. X chair is introducing two new colors for the holidays, red and white. Both are stunning. Go to xchairlevin.com right now to see them. xchairlevin.com to see them. Look, I'm sitting in this chair right now. I sit in this chair seven hours a day for radio prep, for the radio show, and when I'm not doing radio. And I'm not kidding you. It is the best chair I've ever had. Not just because it looks really cool. It feels great. And whether you have back issues or not, it will feel great. It's actually a chair that's built for your body, not the other way around, where they build a chair and your body has to fit into the chair. It's the other way. Now, if you prefer one of these new standing desks, X-Chair has its own version called the X-Flex Top Sit Stand Desk. That's a mouthful, but it's a great desk. If you have the chair in the desk, you're made in the shade. Check it out at xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. You'll see it all. Now, the X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Go to xchairlevin.com, that's xchairlevin.com, or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. Out there in L.A. and other places, if you're in traffic, call them right now, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com now and use code LEVINFOOTREST, and you'll get a free footrest. xchairlevin.com, LEVINFOOTREST. Okay, now, I started on a Sunday show from 12 to noon. Phil Boyce gave me the opportunity, but he said, look, management won't pay you. And I said, all right, great. I'm going to actually try this on a Sunday. I have my other job during the week and um, at Landmark Legal Foundation. Let me try this, see if it works, and I can learn it. And I can see if the audience even likes it. Well, I did. I did it for like 14 months, and I wasn't paid a nickel. It was costing me money to drive into the studio on DeSalle Street in Washington, D.C., near the Mayflower. That was the ABC News headquarters, because back then that was ABC uh, Disney that owned all these stations. Not anymore. And I tried it, and I liked it, and I was trying to perfect things and try things. It was, it was really the perfect opportunity, and they, it was great for them because their ratings doubled. Nobody was listening to the radio, 12 to 2, on Sunday in New York, especially in New York, where people have other things to do. And New York is an enormously competitive market. They have over 50 radio stations. You know that line, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere? Well, it's not necessarily true, but first I had to make it in New York. And I did. Then eventually, I won't go into all the gory details, I was syndicated slowly, but surely. And one of the gentlemen involved in And working on that was Mitch Dolan, who then was senior vice president for ABC Radio Networks, and he's a good man. 
and he was all for it, and he got behind me. And one program director after another began to pick up the programs in the company that we own. And uh, then some of the other companies that competed with us picked up the program, particularly Clear Channel and iHeartRadio at the time, and the wonderful Julie Talbot, and um, Sean Compton, and others got behind the program. And so uh, this is a long way of saying thank you to everybody. These things don't happen overnight. Uh, You are the bottom line, the audience. If you're not interested in a host or somebody bores you or whatever the reason is, you've got a thousand other things to do. And that's especially so in my time period where many people on the East Coast, the Atlantic Midwest areas, they're eating dinner. You are or you have other things to do. There's a lot of TV on sports on the West Coast where you're stuck in traffic and you have a zillion choices too. I was told this program wouldn't make it in the South. We're everywhere in the South. I was told this program wouldn't make it in L.A. We are the highest rated show among most shows in L.A., on the great KRLA. I don't think there's a major metropolitan area where this program isn't heard. And we're on satellite radio. I mean, you can't even begin to, you know, fathom it. When you sit behind a microphone, you don't really think about it. Which is really an odd thing if you do think about it. But here's Rush today. Go right ahead. Mark Levin has had a, an amazingly diverse life. He was the spokesman and uh, liaison. He was the chief of staff for the Attorney General Ed Meese during the Reagan administration. He is an accomplished lawyer. He started the Landmark Legal Foundation, was a conservative legal 501c3 activist group that represents conservative causes in courts all over the country. He has, but he grew up loving radio. He grew up loving talk radio, grew up practicing talk radio, pretending to be on talk radio when he was driving around in his car. He would listen to people calling into talk shows and ignore the host and answer them himself. He studied, remember he wanted to come down and see me in Florida one day and just sit in and watch program. He came down and did. I said, you want to go for a drive afterwards? I wanted to show him poems. No, no, I need to talk about what just happened. I need to talk about what I just saw. He was a student of it. He realized that he didn't, uh, uh, he's not one of these people who thought he could do it and knew it all from the get-go. He really studied it from the ground level. He has become one of the most listened to radio talk show hosts in America at night. His national show is from 6 to 9 p.m. and now has a Sunday night show on Fox. But his, his expertise is the Constitution. And what he's done there, this is, a, this is something that is crucial to succeeding in a mass media forum like radio. You've got to be able to take complex things, complicated things, and boil them down to their essence to make them understandable. You cannot sit here and read magazine articles to people and then say, this is important, listen to me, listen to me. You've got to be able to explain it yourself. You have to be able to know it. Mark Levin is a constitutional scholar, in addition to being a radio broadcast professional. And while it might be said he's self-taught, he has, he has studied from the best and really taken the time to learn it. He didn't get into it to be famous. He didn't get into it to be known, didn't get into mass media like so many other people do. 
He got into it because he really believed the American people needed to know about things that he was passionate about, and he wanted to tell them about it. One of those things is the Constitution. A Constitution can be a very esoteric, a very deep. You let a bunch of lawyers and constitutional experts start talking about it, and they will bore you silly. You will become disinterested in it, and you'll think, it can't be that complicated. And it probably isn't, but this is what intellectuals do. What Mark has done is take a scholarly and genuinely intellectual interest and expertise and understanding of the Constitution and not only made it understandable to a mass audience, he's made it fascinating. He's made the governing document of our country fascinating to people who otherwise are like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They think the three branches, the three chambers of the House, the Senate, and the White House. Levin has one of the most educated and knowledgeable audiences in all of radio, and there's no better use of the medium than that, to teach, to inspire, to inform. So it is with a great respect and honor that I induct Mark Levin into the Radio Hall of Fame. There's a couple of them, but this is the big one, the Radio Hall of Fame. And I regret that I couldn't be there Saturday night when he actually went in. I was supposed to be doing this then. So I promised I would do it today since I couldn't be there. And that's it. It really is a it's a special thing. And for people in radio, it is a tremendous honor. And I'm back live. And ladies and gentlemen, you might say, geez, what an egomaniac doing all this. Actually, what I'm talking about here is this industry. And I'm talking about our Babe Ruth and our Lou Gehrig, who would be Sean Hannity. It's that simple. And for the younger people who want to get into this business, some of whom are trying now, some of whom come up to me, some of whom call me, listen to what Rush said. I did. Listen to what Rush said. You don't get into this for the money and you don't get into the fame. It'll come or it won't come. It's like getting into any other profession. You want to be a doctor because you're drawn to it. You want to be a police officer because you're drawn to it. You want to drive a truck because you're drawn to it. It's what motivates you. You know what motivates you. For me, it was because it's why I write my books, it's why I do the TV, it's why I do this. It's because I'm very, very concerned about the future of this country. But you also have to understand what Rush also teaches this is a business these companies are in business and if they don't make money they go out of business so it's important to be very idealistic on the one hand and very realistic on the other hand so you got to learn the business and at bottom is you need to know your audience and your audience needs to know you there has to be a reason why you people listening now have decided to listen. Anybody can read the news, let's be honest. Anybody can go to a website and start cherry-picking it. But if you don't want to be anybody, then you don't do that. And speaking of that, 
I also want to salute my buddy Matt Drudge. Because every talk show host in the country takes a look at the Drudge Report, whether they admit it or not. Not to just cherry-pick stuff off there, uh, but to get a sense for what's going on during the day. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to thank my buddy Rich here, who's been with me 15 years. Richie V, our call screener, is terrific. The Guns was with us for eight years. A lot of people. Darren Melito, who was uh, who is my 15-year affiliate relations guy, and so many other people. I just want to thank them all. Um, do you ever notice the state of the liberal media and wonder how it got to be where it is today? We used to have journalists who actually searched for the truth, who brought you the stories that mattered. And now we have a bunch of people who think that they matter, draw attention to themselves, and they go Hollywood. And, of course, they push a leftist agenda. Now, most people recognize when President Trump does something well, except if you're in the media. And, of course, criticism is okay. It's the viciousness of the attacks and the consistency of them. Every story in these outlets is negative. 93% in some of these networks, according to Harvard. On Levin TV, we're not here to carry water for anyone, good or bad. We're bringing you a principled position. Philosophy, economics, politics, you name it. This is why we've gotten amazing feedback from our subscribers who say that CRTV is unlike anything they ever got with the liberal outlets on cable. But we need your help. CRT is going to continue to grow at the pace we've seen over the past year. We need you. And if you're already there, it's a perfect gift. For the holidays. So try us for free for 30 days. Go to levintv.com, L E V I N TV.com, or give us a call at 844 Levin TV. That's 844 L E V I N TV. And Hannity, I'll just tell you, he is he's the best friend you could possibly have as well. I mean, he really is. He is just down to earth, wonderful, wonderful guy. And uh, he not only excels at radio, but he excels at TV. That is very, very hard to do. And because he's the king of cable on Fox, the left has tried to take him out. The left has tried to take Rush out. The left tries to take Hannity out. And they make a run at me every now and then. But we're not going anywhere. You want to know why? Because of you. And thanks to you. I'm done talking about it. I'm blessed. And I just want to thank you again. And don't forget, one more time, tomorrow, it's tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. All you folks in the WABC area, I hope you'll make your way to Bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey. There's a beautiful young lady there. It's my wife, Julie. Get your, our police, she'll personalize it for you, and she'll read this story to your, to your kids as well. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and I salute you, the great patriots out there. Thank you for... Making this country work. God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow.